0: these are people's homes that you're exactly. working with. Yeah, You know what I mean? So let them stay a little bit longer. Have a nominal increase. At the end of the day, you're still going to win Don't by be having the mortgage way. paid off. Don't be greedy. Don't be, Don't be greedy. a slumlord. Yeah. Fix your problems. Yeah. You know, fix the issues. 100%. Invest back into your property and just treat it right. Somebody's home. You're making a home for somebody. You're fortunate enough to have the capital to be able to own a property to provide a house for somebody mm-hmm. and they're paying for the use of it. Got it right? That's as simple as that. And the laws are there to protect both sides to make sure that everybody's uh, doing the right thing. Look, I get it. The Toronto real estate market is confusing. Whether you're a new or experienced investor or just looking for a home to raise your family in, join us at Broadview Table Talks as you sit around the table with my friends and talk about the real estate and the ever-changing market in Toronto. Guys, welcome to another edition of Broadview Table Talks. I'm here with Botter. He is our agent that... Just became a first-time landlord. Woohoo! Yeah. I'm yeah, so happy baby. for you, man. That's big news. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thank you.
1: So I have a question. Do I still have to have insurance for my property?
0: I absolutely would keep your insurance policy. So what you can do is you can tell your insurer that you're going to have a um, landlord policy now, right? Okay. The tenants will have their own contents policy, but it will only cover their contents. Like if their laptop got, you know, burned or something in a fire, or whatever, or like a flood or something, right? Mm-hmm. Then that would cover their stuff. But all the stuff that belongs to you, such as your your appliances, right? The hardwood floors, things like that, even damage to other units, liability. If, if your tenant caused a fire, like it should be covered kind of their liability, but ultimately you should have your own um, insurance as well too. <coughs> so a perfect example is that one of our clients, um, they are above an amenity space mm-hmm. and the toilet flooded from the unit, right? Okay. So that's not really the tenant's content insurance. That's actually the landlord's insurance that would oh, cover okay, it. Because okay. Right? it's not the tenant's toilet. It's the landlord's toilet at right. the end of the day. Yeah. However, they didn't have insurance so they got to paid for out of pocket which kind of sucked. Right, but few, then I'll be protected. Like, though. 10 grand out of their pocket, right? Yeah, but I'll be protected. So, so, so I would protect it. And you know, I used to hate insurance that you know, having a double insurer just feels like a waste of money. Mm-hmm. But really for that peace of mind, it's like maybe like 20 bucks a month depending on the coverage that you get. Yeah. It's worth it in my opinion to okay. do it.
1: Cool. And um, so, like, one, the tenant doesn't have a parking, right? So they're thinking about maybe subleasing it and all that. So that's just between them and the other person there. Can lease it to, right? Ooh, that's good, one too. Because
0: so what happens is um, your question is if the tenant decides to rent out the parking and then they leave, but the yep. tenant, the rent, parking spot is still rented out, what right. do you do? Mm-hmm. Right? Should you allow the sublease? We actually had this situation just come up. Okay. I personally would allow the sublease cuz I don't want to penalize your tenant if they're depending on that income. Makes okay. sense? And if they're not using it, they don't you have to plan to I would allow them to. Oh, you would, okay. Now, I would also <laughs> have an, an arrangement where they anytime they sign a new lease with the subtenant that they if they end their lease, they can ask for the spot back. Got it. Right? Because you need to have that back with for the new person, for a next tenant that comes in. Got it. But I wouldn't stop the current tenant from being able to lease out the space. Got it. Even if they have a little bit of profit, good. Let them be. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to have to manage an individual parking or locker or yeah. whatever, rental yourself. It's just more stuff to have to manage. You don't want that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because that's what I was thinking too. I was like, I don't want to deal with it, right? I want him to do it. But then, just like what you said, like what would happen if they ended up leaving Right, and then I have to get a new tenant. So I have to just make sure that there's a clause or something like that saying that if we do get another tenant, they have
0: the right to have the parking, basically. So we have a sub-leasing agreement that um, I would give to your tenant right now okay. to give to the parking tenant. Got it. And they sign it saying that they'll terminate the rental between the for the parking spot if uh, the sub-tenant asks for or the landlord, the head tenant, or head landlord, I guess, asks for it. Okay. Words. Cool. Make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. What else? Awesome. Was that Add that one? New landlord, new landlord.
1: New landlord. <laughs> um, I guess that was it. That was my, one of my main concerns, like with the insurance. Like, should I take it off? Because I know it's like I'm not gonna be living there, right? But then what's the point? But I mean, that fully makes sense. I mean,
0: yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's gonna cost you about 300, 350, maybe yeah. maybe four hundred bucks a year for it to to insure it, and just for that peace of mind, even if you just throw away that four hundred bucks, three hundred fifty bucks, just in case there's a flood, just in case there's a fire right? Knock, yeah, on wood, knock on wood. Then I, I would have it just to cover yourself. What, what about the, um,
1: what can I kick, like, like, let's just say they stop paying. How hard would that be to evict them though?
0: Ooh. That's a concern that everybody has. Yeah. So um, if your tenant stop paying, so this is why it's very important to uh, research them ahead of time. Yeah. Make sure they have a good job in case that they don't pay, you have a way to garnish wages or actually be able to collect from them. If you're, if you got an entrepreneur in there who can just fold up shop, right? Mm-hmm. You don't know what they're gonna, how they're gonna pay you. Like, how are you gonna collect from? You can't squeeze blood from a stone. Mm-hmm. That's why I know you took somebody with extra deposits. You shouldn't be taking somebody with extra deposits. And that to me, I don't even want that. I just want. I'd rather have somebody with a better job, than a better profile, good credit, than somebody that doesn't. Got it. Right? Because just because they don't have, they have give you extra deposits. Like, what does that mean when it runs out? Like, what are you gonna do if they stop paying after a month two? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they have two, three months on deposit for you, mm-hmm. which you shouldn't have anyway. But if you do have that, like that's going to run out quickly. It's going to take like five months to get them out, if not longer. Right, 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 right. right, right. So, um, but if they stop paying rent right away, what we do typically is uh, give a courtesy notice, like a five day courtesy notice. But on the fifth day, we'll give an N four notice, which is a notice to terminate the lease. Got it. Right, mm-hmm. and after that fourteen days passes, you know, you tell them like, hey, listen, it's just something we have to do. It's not that we don't want to. If you pay it, obviously this goes away, but we just something we just it's a formality. We give you this. So after 14 days or 15 on the 15th day, if they don't pay the rent, then the lease is officially terminated, which then you can take the landlord and tenant board tribunal and you get an L1, which is a notice to evict and collect the rent, right? Which takes, I think, two weeks to get an um a court date or something or another another week or two. And then, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, a few months you'll get the the hearing date. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you can present your evidence and you go through it with a paralegal. Don't do it yourself, get a a professional will yeah. do it yep. and uh, when they do it they'll issue an order to say um, you know pay your rent and you know all the damages to date and then you can take that to uh, a small claims court to get a judgment against them mm-hmm. and then at that point you can do collections as well too and also you can get the sheriff at the same time to, to boot them out as well like Got physically it. evict them yeah. if yeah. they're yeah. still there well, hopefully not that doesn't happen <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 but these are concerns that <clears throat> that's why if you take the time to really review the tenant and their profile yeah. right and they have good history of paying the rent because chances are if they have good credit that means they've they're paying the bills on time. They're responsible, yeah, 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 yeah. and that will also translate to other parts of their life as well, too. I kind of uh, met met them. Um, we kind of met on Zoom. But you can't tell. You can't tell from meeting yeah. somebody. Like they could present well. I the reason why I know is because I actually had a professional tenant in one of my clients' place when I first started my career, and he looked well. He was dressed up in a suit. You know, I thought he was a good guy. Turns out, like the month two, he stopped paying rent. Mm-hmm. Right, right away, and he and he knew this too. I couldn't go in. Like he was in the unit. I was in front of his door knocking. I mean, I could break and enter, but then now I'm in trouble for breaking and entering or trespassing. You know what I mean? Like, But like that doesn't make sense, right? Yeah, yeah, got it. Got so um, you have to follow the law and make sure that uh, you serve the file, the notices properly as well, too. Got it, cool. I don't but know. there is a process for it. The rules are made to protect you as a landlord. Mm-hmm. They're also there to protect the tenants, the tenants as yeah. tenants because, you know, at the end of the day, the landlords are the ones in the power, right? They're the ones with better financial resources typically, right? And um, they should be there to protect it from Gree landlords. Cool. And this is actually something I want to talk about really quickly. It's it's called the financialization of real estate, treating real estate like an investment. Right. Mm. Now I'm all for it in the long run, but I'm not for booting tenant outs in the short run. You know, next year the rent goes up, the market goes up. Ah, now you gotta pay. You know what I mean? Like these are people's homes that you're exactly. working with. Yeah. You know what I mean? So let them stay a little bit longer. Have a nominal increase. At the end of the day, you're still going to win Don't by having greedy, the mortgage right? paid off. Don't be greedy. Don't be, greedy. Don't be a slumlord. Yeah. Fix your problems. Yeah. You know, fix the issues. 100%. Invest back into your property and just treat it right. Somebody's home. You're making a home for somebody. You're fortunate enough to have the capital to be able to own a property, to ride a house for somebody mm-hmm. and they're paying for the use of it. Got it. Right? That's as simple as that and the laws are there to protect both sides to make sure that everybody's uh, doing the right thing.
1: So how do you feel about um, international tenants like let's say from the U.S. Because okay. they don't have anything here in presence right?
0: Right so international tenants are sometimes a little bit scary because mm. if they're they can just easily pack up and go and leave right. you with a big damage and big bill right so right. I'm kind of concerned about that because they have nothing really tied to here. Mm. Chances are if they're here on a work permit or some sort of some sort of permit. Except for school. Immigration that's like that's school, school. school permit they're not going to want to just, you know, get in trouble with the law. I'm sure they're going to want to behave well so they can stay in the country because they probably came from a country that's, or actually I shouldn't say they probably did because you don't know. But Mm -hmm. if they came from another country that like, you know, it's a privilege to be in Canada as we should all know that. Then they don't want to leave. They don't want to get yeah. in trouble, right? So those sometimes behave. But the yeah. ones that don't have any ties here at all, it's to me, it's a little bit risky, and it, to, it's to me, it's just not worth the risk. Yeah, you know, yeah, okay. I'd rather have somebody local. That so, so can even in the states wouldn't do it. They're coming from the. State I mean, depends for school, on the situation. They have like
1: the dad that like has the let's just say as a what's called a guarantor, or something like that. Local guarantor. No, in the states. as states well. States guarantor. Then. Like,
0: how are you going to collect across border though? Yeah, got it. Right, he's
1: going to be part of the the application too.
0: Well, you basically have to pay somebody um, cross border like a lawyer, like international law, right? right like right. what law governs international for non-payment of rent? Like, mm-hmm. good luck, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you can't, you, I guess you can sue. If there's any criminal lawyers out there that know how to, or any lawyers yes, out there that gonna know to it's going to be like very tedious. Yeah, it's just not worth the effort. It's going to cost you a ton in legal bills to chase some rent, right? So not to say that I wouldn't give a chance to new immigrants to the country or, or foreigners or whatever, just be cautious, that's all. And yeah. it depends on the story. Like, I've accepted international people, right? Mm. Because they, they're they well-behaved. Not not their personality, but you could tell just based on their on their uh, history of their employment, of where they work, uh, you know, their online media presence, right? Even their credit report as well, too. Yeah, I do that, too. I was checking everything. Always yeah. I was going. If they look like a good fit, good yeah. professional, like, great job, and like, yeah, no scammer. Like you, you, the worst thing is you don't want them to pick up and everything goes like bad in mm. Canada. They mm-hmm. pick up and go back to the Bahamas or wherever. Actually happened to us with some um, tech startup guy and he thought he was great. And he got, like, you know, he got good funding, so he had millions in the account and stuff, lots of employees. But you know the company didn't do well and they folded and he left with huge damage. Right. So I'd, I'd be scared of that. How are you going to sue him? Maybe he doesn't live in the country and doesn't have any ties to the country yeah. in Canada. So that's, that's what I'm worried about.
1: So let's say, for example... The dishwasher breaks. Mm-hmm. Now it says that they only cover up to hundred bucks. Everything else is you. Mm-hmm. What about it? Oh, in the lease. Yeah. In the lease. Well, um, is that, is that, is that your responsibility now?
0: Yeah. So often people like landlords would put in leases that the tenants responsible for the first hundred dollars, but like if it's natural wear and tear, you know, say for the first tenant, fine. Like, it's okay. Whatever. Right? You guys can figure it out. But by, by the fifth tenant, you know, by the sixth tenant. You should fix her something. It's kind of wear and tear. Like, it, it ultimately, your dishwasher, they're going to be there for a number of years. They're not going to take that dishwasher with them. That dishwasher will last several years. I personally think it's the capital expenditure that you should plan for as a landlord. Got right? it, yeah. And sure, you should pay sense. for it. I wouldn't put, I wouldn't even put on the tenant to spend the $100 to do it. Like, if it's naturally wear and tear. But if they're the ones who, like, damaged it, whatever, like, you know, stood on it, jumped on it or something, or kicked it in or something, of course, they're going to pay for negligence, right? But, like, yeah. for natural wear and tear, I would just let them let it go. Got it. Any you know other questions as a that landlord? That's it. Okay. Well, I'm happy for you because you're on the way Thank to you. build financial wealth. Thank you. Not through financializing real estate again. So not by, you know, um, ripping off tenants, mm-hmm. but providing a safe housing. And by nature of doing that, you get rewarded for doing that. Yeah. Because your mortgage gets paid off in twenty five or thirty years, whatever your amortization is. Mm-hmm. Right? It appreciates in value. Yep. And what else do you get? What are the other two benefits that you get out of investing in real estate? Taxes. Tax benefits, right? Yeah. So if you go sell it, you only get to get half the gains, basically. Like yeah. You get taxed on half the gains towards your income. Right. Right. And the other thing is, what else? Investing. Cash out refis. Don't forget yeah. that. Right. That's yeah. also a tax benefit, too. So if it goes up in value by, let's say, another 200000 or so, you could take out a portion as a uh, loan, as, as long as you can support uh, the, yeah, th- yeah. the, the rental payments, a debt service. Right. Then basically, you'd be able to um, realize that profit, I guess, in a sense. So would you refi or would it? you
1: just get a HELOC? What do you think? Same
0: thing. That's the same thing. Same thing. Same thing. It's like you're, you're basically boring against the gain, the yeah, growth, yeah. extra growth, right? Right. But you're not actually realizing the gain, so you don't get taxed on that, right? So it's not like you actually earned it. So you can use that time value money. To, like eventually you're going to have to pay the taxes, but you can wait. You can do that later on down the road when your tax bracket's lower, you don't need the income as much or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And you can use that money now to reinvest it and make more money even. Got it. Yeah. Right? So- that's a huge benefit that you wouldn't get in a course of everyday business. Like if you're working a job and you have commissions, whatever, you're going to get taxed on the commissions that you make. Mm-hmm. But you don't get tax on, on, on equity that grows and you're borrowing against that equity. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yeah, got it. Sounds so, good. good stuff. And then the last one was cash flow. Because eventually it will cash flow when rents go up and your mortgage gets paid down. Because your mortgage is going to stay the same. Like mm-hmm. the amount owing starts at this amount, unless you refi or whatever. But eventually it'll go down. But the payments stay the same,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Even through the inflationary times. And and 10 years from now, 20 years from now, if you keep everything the same, it's still going to be the same payment, just paying itself off. But rents are going to go up. Mm -hmm. So that excess is your cash flow positive. Yeah. Cool. So congrats. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for all the help. And that's that. Thanks for listening to another edition of Broadview Table Talks. Hope you enjoyed, and I'll catch you on the next one. Take care, guys. Add it up.